episode 157. Woo! We're, We're back, back, baby, on We're a... We're back, Jack. On the heels of a great episode. Not the two-door yeah. horn. Yeah. Well, I mean, some may got, call it the, the best ever. We got some great reviews, and now we're here to let everyone down. Oh, that's what we like to do. We didn't want to like miss any time or anything like that, like we have been, because we can't leave them with something so good. Yeah, we're on a short week. And disappear, you know? We we're on a short week for, for literally no reason, other than well, we were just I, excited to get back to it. I am disappearing soon. Where are you disappearing? Oh, no. To? Well, I can't tell you because it's a secret. Oh. Interesting. A state secret? Well, I can't tell you because it's a secret. I can't oh. tell if he's being serious or not. No, I am going on vacation soon. Again? Again. What? <laughs> what the? What this is the, the hell uh, fam- is he talking about? <laughs> the family boating trip. Oh, oh nice. So going down to uh, Lake Cumberland, Kentucky. Don't, Hell don't yeah. tell everyone where they can find you. Now you're going to get swarms of fans. That's and bots. true. So think of all the bots don't, that are going to be there. Well, remember, though, we have the, you know, security. Interesting. You do. Well, through us, right? Submersion security systems. Yeah. Is that the LLC? That, the SSS? That umbrella cor- the Umbrella Corporation? Yeah. That we're under. <laughs> if we ever make an LLC, submersion <laughs> <laughs> security system. <laughs> it's, it's a podcast. I mean, obviously. It's okay because we have limited liability. <laughs> you keep saying oh these words gosh. and I just, they sound good. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just oh going to give you word. money. I want to be a part of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so this this film is suggested to us. I want to get this out here, right? right so out. is this from um, a fan, or is this from a just someone who kind of like knew you, and then we're like, hey, there was a submarine movie I know about, and they they told you about it. This is a submersion fan, Ooh. dedicated. He wrote to us, my boy Max, all the way from Sweden. Thank you so much. For sending us a suggestion we don't get them as often as we would like and i'm honestly kind of shocked with the amount of sub action in this movie that this one has like flown under the sonar for so long yeah but i also loved his description uh because when he like when he put this in i was like all right we absolutely have to watch this movie so he says the movie begins with a nuclear explosion. Then the action starts. Tons of sub action, wrenches, wenches, torpedoes, love interests, and more greasy shirtless submariners than you can shake a stick at. That, you know what? I got to say, I was going to say, come in and be like, I was a little disappointed by the torpedo action because I am not going to, I'm going to, I'll talk about it. But I was like, really getting ready because I was seeing some torpedoes getting loaded and I was like, that's going to be on top of someone soon. So quickly. I can't wait for that torpedo to fall on someone. And it never (laughs) did. never did. didn't happen just to let you know, but something we made a joke about, (laughs) something we made a joke about for episodes and episodes and episodes actually happened in this one, which is crazy. Talk about greased up, greased up sailors. It's like insane. What's happening. It's like it it came out of my mind onto the screen. I was watching. I was like, Whoa, what? (laughs) Amazing. Kind of should have called this Grease yeah. Monkeys. Very, very unfortunate scene. 
Uh, well, there's a bunch of there's a there's a couple unfortunate scenes here, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I would I would say that's not the most the greasy, the scene. greasiest scene. That was a greasy scene. I wouldn't say it's the most unfortunate scene. There's a different scene that springs right to mind in terms of unfortunate uh, content, but we'll get to that. Don't worry. Okay. About yeah. It. Anyway, so yeah, Max, thank you so much for sending that. This episode is because of you. Literally, like I said, I don't know how we haven't done this one yet. Insane. It does seem crazy that this is. Have we like- even talked about this? I like before. I mean, we'll talk about like we have a list of movies, right? We're like, hey, like boom, 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 boom. Know. Let's knock those I don't out. Remember, but I don't ever recall this being on the yeah, list. I, I somehow, said it every, I said it every time. Oh, every oh yeah. I, I would wager it's been said on the podcast. It's been named. It, by, it would have been. It would have been named by Jamie at some point. But well, it's, yeah, and there's, there's some some aspects and to Zach. it. And Zach, and Zach again every time. And the only way I can know for sure would be to go back and listen to our entire catalog. <laughs> Do it. You got it. Or and or let you know. Maybe some really you know some wide-eared uh, fans out there know the answer. Hit us up with it. Yeah, where's our Wikipedia page? I feel like some other podcasts, they get these like devoted fans who like set up a wiki and then they like detail everything about every episode. We need what other like podcasts that. are you talking about? We're the only podcast. The only one worth listening to. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and and back to Buff or, or whatever or that was called. Buff. Oh, yeah. Rebuilding, rebuilding Buff. Oh, yeah. Rebuilding Buff. Give back respect to, to Respect. Buff. My bad. My bad. Zach was hating on that guy for no reason. Well, I'm going to be hating on someone in this movie, too. So, spoiler alert. Uh-oh. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world, Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Are you are you excited that that's now like I no longer have the sound effect? That's I'm pretty just great. doing that all. I now. actually do enjoy that. You aren't you aren't yeah. gonna splice a sound clip ever back in there? I, I do need to. And for this episode, I honestly, we'll get into it in a second. There's a sound clip. That's true. That I will put in here. I'll have to edit this out of the podcast, which, fuck, I hate that I just did this. But I'll put, I'm going to put sound clip for the title music. Just don't do here. it. Just don't to edit it out. Just don't? Oh, okay. Just, don't just do leave it. this all in here. Why not? Yeah. What's the big deal? You're right. This is behind the curtain. We can I do, am the wizard. We can do whatever we want. Oz. Check this out. Dicks. Well <laughs> done. Pee pee vagina. We did it. There we go. Anyways, should wow. we should we talk about the movie? Who was, what do we watch this week? We watched the nineteen fifty four classic. Hell high water. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he stomped all over gotcha, it. Gotcha, Kyle. Wow. Got me. Got me. Yeah. Helen Highwater, as Zach said, starring Richard Widmark as Captain Adam Jones. Recognize Bella him? Darby as Denise. Victor Franken as Professor Montel. And Cameron Mitchell as Ski. Did you recognize him? Yeah, we recognize. Not to be confused with Taylor Sheridan's Heller Highwater. 
Right. Correct. Also, I did also recognize Richard Woodmark. Yeah, because we've seen him before. He was the main character, actually. Bedford, of Bedford incident. incident. Yeah, yeah. He's got a distinctive face. I feel like what he what he really reminds me of is like kind of like a. I don't want to insult him too much because obviously Humphrey Bogart is a legend, one of the top people of all time. But he seems like kind of like the next tier, like Humphrey Bogart type person, a guy who could play both like a bad guy, but also like your hero and maybe someone who's like a mixture of both. And in here, he's kind of like that. He's kind of a mixture of both hero and villain in in some ways. And I feel like in Bedford incident, he was a villain. More so the villain. Yeah. yeah he's like, he's, like, he's so. like, he always has like an edge. There's a little bit of an edge to him. It seems like he's got kind of a distinctive mm-hmm. way of speaking too. That's a little bit rough around the edges. He's not like, he's always a little pissed off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't have the same kind of like transatlantic, um, accent that some of the old school actors would have where they seem like they are a highfalutin from Harvard or whatever. Like, the, you know, in this case, he's got much more of like a on the street level kind of accent to him. So you think you can do that accent for like one entire episode? Just that. What's the transatlantic? Yeah. No, I have to. Wa- I have to watch like hours of Cary Grant, and then I'm trying oh, to make it. Oh man, so study. All right, study. But yeah, so this was uh, directed by Samuel Fuller. I actually thought that he did quite a good job with this. Uh, it looks. It looks quite good. Um, and it was nominated for an Oscar. That's why we must have talked about this before because it actually was nominated for an Academy Award, 1955, Best Special Effects. So. I mean, we've talked about Oscar-nominated submarine films before, so I... You've definitely said the name of this film. I don't know if it was on air or off air, but I feel like you would always call it Hell and a High Water. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Because that's the thing. Like, when you said it, I assumed we had already watched it. It sounded like something we had watched. But I think I kept on confusing it with a British film, which is maybe why we never came back to it. There was a British film we watched that I feel like had, like, a somewhat similar name with John Mills in it. And, like an uh, above us the waves kind exactly, of thing. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Above us the waves. Yeah, yeah. So then how long high water? I think I just like mix it up in my head. High water, above <laughs> us like the waves. Similar name and it's like not even close. No, it's not even know, close. But it's hey. just like a general sense of water being above you, I guess. When you watch 150 yeah. submarine films, yeah, start there to blend a few of them. There's a, there's a little bit of mixing going on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else? I mean, there's some trivia kind of stuff. We can get into that now or we can get into it later. Or we could just jump right into the plot. What do you think? Get into the film. Let's do it. Yeah, let's All right. Dive. Let's see what's going on here. We open. There's an explosion. It's an atomic bomb, guys. It's, but don't worry about it. It's only on the screen. It's not like actually going to come out and destroy us. It's not like Oppenheimer, where you'll be in the screen and actually you'll be blown to pieces as it like. This was a, this was a great looking shot. It was, yeah. This thing, the whole the whole thing, and 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 I don't know if you guys had the same thing because uh, I watched it on YouTube. There's like a, a, a USC, I think, film upload of it it's like super widescreen did you was yours also like super widescreen yeah yeah, yeah it, looked, it looked really yeah. beautiful um and so you can kind of see like it's all like see without that in cinemascope so there's like this whole thing about technicolor deluxe cinemascope it looked really really good anyways big explosion it did. one of the things here that surprised me so like when it opens up right we see the big explosion there's this like really just like dun 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 music going on and then talking about a nuclear explosion in the ocean and then i had to like think to myself did i just accidentally fire up a godzilla movie because that's exactly what this like reminded me of the music and everything and i'm gonna put that clip here so you can hear that but just listen to it it's godzilla In 
the summer of 1953, it was announced that an atomic bomb of foreign origin had been exploded somewhere outside of the United States. Yeah, and it also it reminded me a little bit of uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. That's what I, I was kind of expecting that when I was coming in, being like, oh boy, we're going to get one of these stupid sci-fi things about trying to find a thing or whatever, like going to be some kind of monster thing or whatever. Nothing like that. I'll say that right off the bat. Not at all. It's like a classic submarine adventure, but kind of got an interesting plot to it. Anyways, there's a French scientist. We open up and a French scientist is going around and he's in the airport. He's, he's about to leave on a big, you know, whatever. He's saying, oh, I'm going to a conference. Uh, but he's really not. He meets up with his uh, lady assistant, um, which comes to be a surprise later on as, as we are well-versed in submarine culture. That seems to be, that's going to be a point of contention and a big part of the plot. Uh, but she's there and they're basically like, you know, kind of conspiring on their next stage of this trip, which is not at all going to a conference. Instead, we find out, bum, 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 it looks like this, the professor has gone missing and maybe he's defected behind the Iron Curtain and very Cold War kind of plot going on. Um, and then the next thing we see, we see flashing over to former submarine commander Adam Jones, uh, played by Richard Using Woodmark. a fake name. Yeah, using a fake name. He arrives in Tokyo, and he's, you know, he's kind of like cloak and daggers, making his way to a place. It's revealed that he's getting gotten $5,000 to show up at this place and hear out uh, what, what they have to say uh, for him to do. He gets there. There's a bunch of scientists and businessmen and stuff like that. And they're basically like, yo, we're tracking the communist China, you know, threat, quote unquote. And... They seem to be doing something up in the Arctic. We have no idea what it is. We had a bunch of people here tracking them. We've narrowed it down to like three or four islands. We're not really sure what they're doing. Clearly, they're doing something. There's like a ship that goes up there and comes back, and that seems to be a little suspicious. You, we had a friend of yours who was a pilot go up there, and he like never came back. So that's like suspect. And he was actually the guy who who got him roped into this as well. So Jones is like, well, if he got me into this, I know you guys are legit. I'm not like you know, concerned about the legitimacy of this. And it's, I'm obviously devastated by the loss of my good friend in this. So he's got some like motivation, but also he's a, at this point, he's a businessman. Like clearly like there's something about his time being a submarine captain that's taken him away from serving duty. And now he's just like money. He's all about those, you know, dollar bills. He's really like us, like at this podcast, it's all about the right. money. Dollar, dollar bill, anything, you know, basically if I didn't get paid the big bucks for this podcast, I wouldn't be caught dead on it guys. I wouldn't even be in like I wouldn't even be close to this microphone right now, but thankfully Kyle pays me a good um, salary. I assume all you guys get really good salaries too. Anyways, yeah. one of the big things yeah. here too is uh, oh sorry, what are you saying, Zach? I didn't say anything. He didn't say. <laughs> he, he didn't say shit. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm one really, of one of the I'm not one of the speaking. big things. Oh, okay. He refuses right. to speak. Yeah, until he gets well, paid. I think it, until he gets paid. Until he gets matched my salary. <laughs> my agent said I do not have to speak during this. <laughs> um, so, anyways, one of the big things too we see here is Richard Widmark when he shows up and he's meeting with all these people is that Professor Montel he's is there. also among them. And I don't even think we really we did say he went missing, but this was a very big international like news article yeah. that was going on. You, you were flashing all these different countries, talking about Professor Montel this, Professor Montel that, just all over the place. And then he's hidden underground with all these guys. Yeah, and it's also funny here because they kind of say, like, we've already seen his assistant, who's a, a beautiful lady, um, but they kind of just refer to her as Professor so-and-so. 
and uh, Gerard. Um, and so, like, they're, like, hiding the fact that she's a, a female scientist uh, from, from him at this point. So, anyways, he's been paid $5,000. They basically say he's going to get $45,000 more. So, 20000 for taking the job and then 25000 additional. And this is – it was really funny when this occurred because they kind of spell it out. Like, as long as you bring them – bring the professor back alive – and he gets all the information he wants, right? Those are the two things. Yep. And immediately in my mind, I was like, yo, get it in writing. I don't, that's so vague. Like, you don't know what that means. Get all the information right. he needs. Like, come on, man. You got to be like, you're a shrewd businessman. You got to be like, okay, spell out exactly what this mission is. And because I don't want to be duped out of this $25,000. I don't want him to be like, well, I didn't get all my information. And then all of a sudden I don't get $25,000, even though I brought him back alive. And which is funny. And then it today's became, dollars? Oh, yeah. That came, yeah, that came I mean, that like became an issue later. Yeah, a huge thing. In uh, in today's dollars, I don't know if any of you guys look this up, just because I always get curious about this, you know, what sure. is this actually worth now? Um, this would be over $550,000. Oh, that's pretty good. For, yeah, for this job. That's not bad. Uh, I mean, it's obviously he's going to die on this job, uh, or at least it would seem likely that he would. But still, it's a pretty good, pretty good payday. Um so anyways, they're, they're supposed to uh, follow the ship, the, a Chinese ship called the Qiangqing. Uh, they're making, he's making some deliveries over there, and um, he's going to pilot uh, or uh, captain a Japanese submarine. So a former a World War II-era um, Japanese submarine, so an old-school submarine. And he's like, ah, shit, okay, I'm going to get my people in or some of my people in, and we just got to make sure it's, like, seaworthy and all the weapons and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, weapons? And he's like, come on, man, we need some weapons. So... He convinces them to do weapons, and they start working on it. All of a sudden, the ship leaves, though, and in the middle of doing their, you know, trying to get the submarine up and going, they have to just, like, leave. And so, basically, it's like a ramshackle production. The submarine, like, barely functions and doesn't have any weapons, really, at that point. No no torpedoes and stuff like that. So, he's like— right, Yeah, they, they can't test anything, and Montel even says, we need to test this stuff out at sea. And, and, and he's, he's part, basically like, Widmark we says we're gonna die. Yeah, he's basically like, you can't test a torpedo system out at sea, or else, like, if something goes wrong, you sink and everyone dies. So, like, you can't actually do that. So, they don't have any torpedoes the whole time uh, that they're out there. And then also, there's kind of like a big stink about the scientists, the woman scientists, because they're like, this is a pig boat. You don't let women on a pig boat. And then all of a sudden, they're like, she's not a woman, she's a scientist. And then eventually, they like go through her CV, <laughs> talk about her scientist, and then eventually, she's like, She's right. She's not a woman. She's a scientist. And they're all like super into it at that point. Um, and it's super mutually exclusive. Different. Yeah. Can't be a woman and a scientist. That's true. Actually, that becomes and, kind of a uh, theme. There's a bunch of conversations about like, how did you get into, how did you get mixed up in the science? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Weird way to phrase it, but sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, they, so even yeah. eventually, well, eventually like they start to come around when they are all working on the Japanese submarine. She's also multilingual and so they're screaming for one of the japanese crewmen to come up here and read some valve because they're trying to like get back to the surface but she says hey i actually know how to read that and they're like oh okay and it does become super helpful because she knows chinese too and and all kinds of languages um and so anyways they're out in sea i mean we get this this whole this scene right here is probably the most problematic scene of the of thing because they start fighting over the woman the captain's into her but it's being maybe a little bit more um, tactful with it, uh, I would say. I may be more polite about being like, I want to have sex with you, which is essentially what he's saying the whole time. She's like, he's like, really kind of all over her, but, you know, it's kind of trying to pay, yeah. play it a little cool. The rest of the guys are not playing it cool. And in fact, <laughs> 
basically do the worst job possible of trying to woo her because they basically in a fist fight and like punch her in the face. It's not great. It does not does not work out well for everyone. Um, they got they grease to, all over. Grease all over. They like forcibly kiss her, which was unpleasant. And then she's basically, and he's kind of like, give me all the deets. This is the captain. Like, I'm going to get it for my log. And he's like flirting with her. But the flirting is basically like, what did you do to have them punch you in the face? What was, what, what did you, what was the problem that you caused? <laughs> and it's just like, don't face it like that. Were you don't asking that. for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially what was happening. It's like, no, 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 don't phrase it that way. That makes me mm. uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it is really bizarre. <laughs> and also I think that scene started out with the sonar tech. He's just shirtless showing this tattoo yeah. and he's clearly greased up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then he also like drew her name. The USS Bofin. The Bofin, that's right. And he said, I always, I always knew I'd meet a woman named Denise. You're the first woman I've ever met named Denise. Look, it's tattooed right here on my arm. Like, okay, man. It's crazy. It's weird yeah, stuff. It's not great. And so anyways, then they're, they're kind of going along. Um, I, there's not much. They're kind of like, they go into like little adventures here and there. But eventually they, they kind of come across a, a Chinese submarine that's prowling about. Um, they think maybe it's because they got like a drop from a plane that maybe the submarine like caught a glimpse of that uh, and came after them. And so there's also they, a little bit of a stink. There's kind of a power struggle yeah. between the lead scientist right. and our submarine captain, because the scientist gets a message from a plane at some point, and the captain's like, "Why the heck did you let me sleep through that?" Da, 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 da. Yeah, he's like, "Well, it's my mission." And the captain, I mean, Man. the scientist admits, like, the captain had a point. I, I also, I, I found it really strange. One of these things where he was just like, like the the woman scientist comes up. And it's basically, or Denise, it basically comes up and it's like, you can't talk to him. He's like a top of his field. And I wanted to be like, wait, I'm a, okay, full disclosure, I'm a scientist. And that seems really crazy. If I was like on a submarine and I was like, I'm a top of my field, they'd be like, yeah, we don't give a shit. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Who are you? I, I'm a captain of a submarine. You have no reason yeah. to actually be on the submarine. So how would you get out of here? Um, <laughs> but the scientist actually was like, yeah, he's right. I, I, you know, I have to know my place when I'm in this other sphere uh, in the end. Like, I can't just be, like, captain of everything. Um, even though he's a captain of industry in some ways, I guess. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, and so anyways, they but come now across, the action yeah. ratchets up yeah, really They come, they come across this Chinese submarine. They're trying to play it cool. They come up on the like, hey, a scientific thing, which doesn't work for literally any seconds. Like, they're like, we're just a scientific submarine. Like, really, really, a scientific submarine. <laughs> And then like, they're trying to like communicate with the Chinese uh, thing, and they're like, the Chinese uh, submarine shoots some warning shots, and they're like stall, but that doesn't work at all either. And then eventually they have to try to they try to have to they try to shoot the submarine, but eventually they have to dive because they're getting torpedoes shot at them. They go all the way to the bottom of the sea, and they sit there. And it's kind of a funny little scenario that plays out because they're basically like, boys, captain comes out, boys, it's a battle of wills here. Just whoever can stand the bottom of the ocean the longest. And the, this, the scientist at this point has, like, cut off his thumb trying to close the hatch. So he's, like, yeah. kind of in bad shape. He's like an old man who just had a thumb chopped off and is now, like, in, like, a really, really hot submarine, you know, in an enclosed space. Like, not great. He's probably going to have a heart attack and die. So they're sitting around, and they're basically, like, everyone's sitting around being like, yeah, it's cool. We could just stay here. We could probably outlast them. He goes in there, and he's like, how's the scientist doing? And the person's like, terrible. Horrible. The guy's gonna <laughs> clearly die if he does not get some fresh air. And he sits there and goes, and he's worth like twenty five thousand dollars to be the like like he like I can't not bring him back alive. So that's worth the risk. 
And you can even see the look on the doctor's face being like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> he's like, he's like, very much a businessman at that point. And so he comes in, he's like, boys, forget about that other thing I said about like waiting them out. We're going to go up and we're going to just try it, right guys? And they're like, oh, okay. Because even the people are like, I'd rather just die here than die with like getting exploded. And he's like, bad, too bad. It's about money here. It's all about that move. It was on. also kind of interesting here at this point too, because in one of those speeches where he's, um, you know, talking to them, letting them know what the situation is, he's like, "Now remember, just save all your oxygen, no talking." But then he's going to use up his oxygen with Denise. Things get a little hot and heavy. They have a little smooch oh, session. That's right. They smooch so hard. On. It's a really hard smooch session too. Yeah, hearts There's are so, pounding. I, I find that hard to believe that. Anybody would be in the mood. No, it's like even it's a like, horn dog. It's like Survivor, right? No one actually has sex on Survivor because you're all grungy and gross. So basically, what I'm saying <laughs> is this movie is just like Survivor. <laughs> basically, the other the other thing though uh, to unpack: Would you want to stay on the bottom like a lot of the sailors did? Like I, I at least would want to try. Like no, if, if they're content I, to just die down there of. But I think that tells you a little bit deprivation. Of, I think that tells you a little bit about their mental. Thing, because like I like that, I actually did, did think this movie did a good job of kind of giving you the sense of that claustrophobia and kind of like that that despair that you would feel in that moment. Like you're at this bottom, you're trying to wait out another submarine. You'd have to sit there and be like, "Is there any reason we think we could actually outlast this other submarine?" There's no reason that you're all submariners, right? They're all in the same spot, and I'd probably sit there and be like, "We're gonna." I have like a at least a fifty percent chance of dying. Like it doesn't seem like I. It seems like this is a battle of the wills, and it's just a chance, like pure chance at this point. And I feel like I would freak out. I'd be like, "It's just good, good, go for it!" And I'd, I'd be the one being like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. Let's, let's risk it. Let's try to get the one up on them." Because that's exactly what they do. They kind of like push off from the bottom of the floor, and they just, they just kind of like trick them for the most part, uh, and are able to come around and ram them a couple times and destroy the submarine. Which is cool. I can't. I mean, we've seen we've seen the ramming, the successful ramming of another submarine. I think in previous Bedford incident. Yeah, in previous uh, movies. Um, but this one was kind of an. I actually thought the the visual of that the successful ramming was pretty great. Um, it was where they got right it into was it. Surprisingly you can even good. see the the, like, the little model gets like you know jammed in this other submarine and they like pull back up and they like kind of pull out of the other submarine and up they go to the surface. I was like, wow, how do they even coordinate that? It seems crazy. That they were able to like film that. Actually, we're gloves. I'm not sure if it was a pool. You see, you see, sure you see a hand come in from the side, you pull it out. If you're like, ah, oh, Oscar worthy. Yeah. Was it the Bedford incident where they hit the periscope off of one of the subs? No, I don't think that's right. The yeah, periscope came right. off. The Bedford incident, remember, it was kind of. They the, shot the, the nuclear warhead. Yeah, and the submarine was a phantom, I felt like, the whole time. You really only yeah. saw it at the yeah. very end. But yeah. it was on your mind the entire movie. But we have, I could have sworn we've seen ramming. Oh, we've somewhere. There's been, been some ramming. ramming. There's, There's been well, at least two or three ramming. We've definitely seen some ramming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Last week's episode. <laughs> That's true. There was, there was some ramming going There's on. There's a lot of ramming going on. Um and so, yeah, anyways, uh, I don't know. Did I, did I step on anyone else's? What, what else would people do with the being stuck on the bottom of the, the sea? Kyle, what would you it's, do? It's, a really, it's really hard to know how anybody, for those of us who haven't been on a submarine, right, would react in that situation. But like you said, if there's a 50-50 shot of you dying or them, 
I don't know. I don't know how you go about it. I feel like it'd be a race to get back to the top because you're the one that can get back up, get oxygen, flood flood your your sub with oxygen effectively and start getting into position to fire torpedoes on the other sub trying to get to the surface. You know where they're trying to get to. They can't. We don't have torpedoes, torpedoes. right? Oh, we don't have torpedoes? I thought we had torpedoes on this sub. No, no, no. no, Because they they never tested them. That's why uh, they did the ramming. Yeah, they weren't cleaned. And that's where I would have thought. I would have thought for sure. I, I thought there was a couple of things. One, I, I would have thought the storyline here would have been him being like, "It's battle of the wills," but then them kind of coming to a conclusion that they uh, had no. There, there, there was a reason why they had no shot, like to actually um, be able to outlast them. That they have something happen and be like, "We can't. We're not going to make it." You know, we have no way of doing this. We have to service. We have to risk it. But they didn't even do it. It all became about money. So that was kind of an odd an odd way of framing it because it seemed like they didn't even try to outlast the other submarine in the end. They, they needed to have the scientists live. So they, um, you know, tried this tricky thing. And then, yeah, I thought for sure they were going to try to fire the t- torpedoes. So they were like, the risk, Absolutely. the risk here is that we're going to test these untested torpedoes. And, you know, if they don't work, we die anyways. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Like if they work, then we live. And if they don't work, either they blow us up or we blow ourselves up. So like, that's that. That's how this is going to go. And I thought for sure that was going to be. And they, But they never do. They never use the torpedoes. They never try it. Yeah. Uh, the system and, and we have a deck gun. Like, get the deck gun in position. Be the first one to the top. Get the deck gun. Point to where you know they're going to try to surface to to get oxygen and just be ready to shoot. See, that's why they get paid the big bucks, though, the $50,000. Because they're like, they know all about that ramming situation. Yeah, like, time apparently. To, time yeah. to ram. Time to, time yeah, to ram. What do you ram. know about ramming, man? I don't. One of, one of us should get that on the license plate. Ramming. Ramming? That's taken. Yep. That is 1,000% taken. You think you can just get You can just think you can waltz into a DMV and get ramming on your license plate. Come on. Yeah, what on you? a ram truck for sure. What if it? What if you got IRAM? IRAM. <laughs> and, then, and then one of us gets you ram. What about what about <laughs> ram puss? <laughs> God, that's, that's also taken. <laughs> you can search license plates in the state of Ohio through our uh, state website. Perfect. There See you what's go. available. All right. That's, I, I'm, I'm feeling like a Brom countdown coming. <laughs> Top novelty plates. <laughs> License plates. Submarine novelty plates. plates. Yeah, novelty yeah. plates inspired by our submarine. It's like I have scoured <laughs> all 50 states. These are the top 300. Like, oh, God. Top 300. <laughs> So anyway, so they they uh, they surfaced. They were able to ram, ram this uh, other submarine. They they put out a commission. I feel like they didn't celebrate enough. It seems like a quite a quite a success that it they was, were able to do that. They're all like, all right. I mean, I guess that's why they're them, right? Yeah. Mission accomplished. Mission not even accomplished. Not even, right? not even close. This was a speed bump. Let's keep going. Yeah. So when they go there. They find the place, the island that the uh, Kang Ching has uh, docked at. They kind of go on onto the uh, onto the island and they look around and they're basically the scientists like, I'm not seeing anything. It seems like just a regular depot. And the captain's like, yeah, it's a goddamn depot. We're done here. We're heading out. But then they start getting fired on, and uh, they have to do a little battle. And we've seen this scene before. I think they said it, like, mimicked Crash Dive from the 40s, um, Mm -hmm. one of the movies we've already seen. But they basically get into a little battle, and then because it's like a gas depot, like basically a gas station, they explode all the gas, you know, tanks that are all around the island and the whole island like goes up in flames including like all the water and stuff like that and they're able to at the very last moment there's like a chinese um you know guy who comes around and is shooting at them and falls into the water and they just grab him like we got a prisoner 
And so they're able to like talk to this guy. And this this started like probably the shoddiest kind of storyline because they have this they have this captor. We don't really hear too much about him. But they, they seem to have gotten some information from him because he was maybe carrying his orders or something. He was supposed to go to another island. He's a pilot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, there's this other island. And the scientist is like, well, we're going there. And the captain's like, you know, I'm the captain and we're not going there. And he's like, well, you don't get your $25,000. And the captain's like, what? And it comes back to what I said, which is essentially he didn't read the fine print, didn't get in written. And he said, I'm not getting all the information that I want. You know, if I don't go to this other island, so I guess you don't get any money. And he's like, God damn it. We're going to the other island. Because he's all about the money. He said that's all he cares about. And so they, they're... about the Benjamins, I think, were his exact words, right? Uh, yeah. He wants Benjamins, Grants. Uh, what are the other ones? Uh, uh, the, the Sam and Pichases. Uh, you know, those big, yeah. those big those big dollar bills uh, in the end with weird people on them. Ah. People you don't even know. People you don't even know. Um, people you don't even know. And so then... Uh, and so... They're heading over that way. They don't even mention the, the, the prisoner anymore. But the, the captain, they, they kind of get rocked by some like stormy seas. And we see like the captain, like, oh, or the, the scientist be like, oh, and he falls. And so when they have to go on this new island, he's like, my knee hurts. And it's just like, you goddamn old man. And he's like, well, I guess we can't go on this goddamn island, like just like I wanted to. But he's like, no, like the, the, the woman scientist, uh, Denise will go with you. And she, he's like, no, she won't. And he's like, yeah, she's like the best. She's a child prodigy. Don't even worry about it. Uh, she's going with you. And he's like, fine. And so they go on to the island and there's like a bunch of, you know, Chinese soldiers on the island. And there's like an installation that has a bunch of doors. It seems like definitely like it has like atomic bombs in them. And like, okay, we're definitely at the right place. But all the, the soldiers are like looking for the prisoner. I'm like, how do they, I don't even... What do they know about this prisoner? Like, it seems so crazy. Like, they, they, got, they grab a random guy from another island, and they're like, we got to find this guy. Like, the plot makes no Dude. sense at this point. Like, I don't understand. This is island island life, man. You don't get it. I, I, have no I guess idea. if anybody would get it, you would get it. But The um, only thing I think is, I mean, clearly he was supposed to go from that island to that other island to be the, the one of the pilots of this plane that they have because the whole plot comes out here. They they basically, they're, they're kind of attacked by the, the soldiers, they end up fleeing the island. They got the information they needed. They come back to the to the submarine, and they're basically like, "Yeah, so it seems like they're going to use this U.S. bomber that they saw to do something." And they get a whole scheme going to get more information out of this prisoner. They send in a a Chinese sympathizer, I guess, who's working with them on the submarine. They send him in to get some information from the from this prisoner. The prisoner pulls a straight up submersion right here. It's basically. This is more or less us. We'd be looking around being like, where's our wrenches? He's like, he's scrounging around, pulls out a wrench. I'm like, oh boy, he's got his wrench. Um, I was waiting for the, the torpedo just to crush him in that moment. And I'm like, damn. Because like, he's like right, in, right under the torpedo. The torpedo was, oh, I was yeah. wanting it so bad for them to just crush him. But it didn't happen. And so then uh, then the, the other the guy comes in. He gets a bunch of information. They're going to bomb Korea or Manchuria. They're going to blame it on America. And we can't then even say America can't do anything about it. You're a bunch of you're a bunch of assholes. That's what they say. And like whoa! But then he also starts beating to death this guy with his wrench, and they all rush in and they're like, "Damn it, that guy kind of died." <laughs> we feel we feel a little bad about that. Like that doesn't feel great. Yeah. Uh, so they throw him into the ocean, especially because the captain <laughs> just punched him in the face twice, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then he sent he him to his he, death. He didn't feel great about that. So yeah, they throw his corpse into the ocean. They feel a little bad about it. You see a tear go down his eye. <laughs> And then they are like, well, that's that. But the scientist is like, 
No, it's not. We're we're going back and we're going to destroy the or no, sorry, the captain's like we're going to go destroy the plane. And the scientist's like, no, 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 we got to bring the information back. But he seems dead set on it. So the scientist takes it upon himself to go off and do this. He's going to signal when the plane's taking off. The plane is going to be super heavy because that's to make it all the way to Korea or Manchuria. And it's going to be low, and they can shoot with their deck gun. They can surface real quick and shoot with their deck gun and destroy this plane. And the scientist goes off. He's an old man. He has nothing to live for, uh, basically. Uh, and also, he knows that his daughter, who actually turns out Denise is his daughter, and he knows Denise wants to get with that captain. So she does. he does, you know, basically he's like, okay, they're going to have sex, and I'm an old man. So I'm going to make sure that, like, I die and he doesn't die because she would be happy to have sex with this guy. And so off he goes, <laughs> does a little signal, the plane comes around, they shoot down this plane, big old explosion, it lands on the Huge. guy. <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest things is the plane's like, they shoot down the plane, the plane like circles around, like crashes directly into the scientist. <laughs> and they're like, ee. and he's like, oh, how's, a, how's my dad? And basically the captain's like, is that plane kind of like landed on the island again? They look out, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. he's dead. <laughs> so and at the end of him. And so. <laughs> a giant nuclear explosion. That was the explosion. first scene Yeah, that was movie. your dad. Yeah. And so man uh, came around full circle. Yep. And so then a uh, they different ways. and they keep they they repeat a line that's actually been a big part of the movie, which is uh, each man has his own reason for living and his own price for dying. And so that was his price for dying, I guess, is to make sure his daughter um, has a submarine captain to marry. That was his price. But then, but then, what was even crazier, right, is here at the end. Like the captain looks at Denise and he's like, wait a minute, there's something on your neck. And he starts to peel this little thing oh my off God. of her neck. And it was, and it was Carlos. <laughs> and it, <laughs> the whole time. Oh my God. I swear that's what, was, that's what this movie needed. Just something insane. Like I would love that. <laughs> like every movie needs that now. <laughs> oh my word. So that is Hell and High Water, the 1954 Cinemascape nuclear incident movie. Are you getting some reviews? I think so. Absolutely. I'm going second. Third. I have to jump in first again. You want me to go first? If you want. If you want. I mean, you're also the captain, though, so it's your call. I can go first. Okay, I'll let go. you take up the rear, you know, just okay. so you can, unless you want it, you know, I don't care. But this movie is a true and classic submarine film. We haven't seen one like this in a while. I really enjoyed the plot. I thought that this was actually quite original from things that we've seen so far. Um, and I don't know. I thought I I had a good time watching it. I thought the sub action was phenomenal. Really like that. The battle and the the um, intensity and tension was sitting on the bottom, just waiting out another submarine and then eventually being like, ah, F it, let's just go for it. And then <laughs> ram those guys. You know, that was pretty cool. And I thought the explosion at the end, the one they showed at the beginning and all that was phenomenal. Looked great. I don't know if they actually did that or what, but it was it was awesome. They did, not, something. they did not actually do it. They didn't do that? No, it was from given to them by the US government. Yeah. Gosh darn it. I predicted. Classic. But miniature work looked great. 
I don't know. It was just it was nice to get back into kind of a classic submarine movie. So I'm going to come in and give this a seven. Very well, nice. Would that have been footage from like the bikini eight, bikini atoll or whatnot? I have no idea. The only thing it says here in the trivia was a U.S. government providing nuclear bomb explosion footage insisted that certain spectrum colors be eliminated from the sequence. Hmm. All right. Now knowing that, would you give it, Kyle, a seven? Okay. Do you think that? I mean, so essentially using like stock footage. Yep. But given to them. You get nominated for an Oscar using stock footage? No, but that's not I why mean, they're not getting saying, it. That's I'm not, not saying that. They're getting it, though. They're getting it for that, miniature, right. that miniature work back in the 50s. The miniature work was miniature really work good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to come in. I'll, I'll go a little higher than you. I think I'm going to come in at 7.5. Um, I, I contemplated an 8. I think it looks really, really, really good. I do think the plot um, has some, some hiccups in it, uh, you know, just having to do with, like, some forced kind of plot devices to make sure that it made sense for why they were being attacked on the island and stuff like that, um, which didn't make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, they happen to grab a, a person who has like a letter in their pocket. And there's this whole middle portion of it where, which is like a little unpleasant in terms of uh, them going after her and kind of like really jonesing for this lady. Like they needed to get a grip uh, a little bit um, when it came to that situation. But uh, uh, other than that, I thought it was, I thought it, flowed really well uh, and really unique plot compared to a lot of the submarine films we watched, despite it being, you know, a lot of similar type of action stuff. Um, the plot was very, very different, uh, very unique uh, for the submarine films we watch. It actually reminded me a little bit of something uh, like what was the one with the pink submarine? Destination to oh. Oh, oh, Operation Petticoat. Yeah, a little bit of Operation Petticoat, just because Operation Petticoat also has some beats of like regular submarine movies in there, but kind of kind of zigs a little bit uh, uh, away from just a typical straight down the middle kind of war um, plot. Like here, it's more Cold War kind of up to the Arctic. You almost expect it to be sci-fi, but it ends up not being sci-fi because uh, it has it beats almost more like that sci-fi type stuff. Um, so really enjoyed a lot of that 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 kind of stuff. And yeah, looked great. I mean, that miniature work was off the hook. And, and there's a reason why it's actually kind of funny, you know, because you, you, you hated 1941 so much, Kyle. That I don't know if you, yeah. if you saw that, where it was, a you know, basically... Uh, Steven Spielberg uh, used to um, carry a print of Helen High Water uh, in his car, in the trunk of his car. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, like Fuller, the 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 um, director who uh, made this movie, uh, made a cameo in 1941. So he was in 1941 that we watched, and Spielberg kind of showed off the fact that the reason why he got him to do the cameo was because he was such a huge fan of Helen High Water. Um, and so you can imagine that it makes a lot of sense with 1941, all that miniature work and stuff like that. That clearly Spielberg was fascinated with that spectacle and kind of doing all that yeah. miniature work stuff. And here, this is like the inspiration for it. Um, so really impressive stuff. Miniature work can be incredible. Yeah, it really can. I mean, it's that's one of the things I think when I look at the podcast and all that. You know, watching all a lot of these work. older films. All of our miniature work yeah. that we do all the time. But just getting to like look at this, and I think you've even alluded to it before, Jamie. Like, this is the movie magic. Yeah, right? yeah no, this I know. This is where using force perspective, all those types of things, it just looks absolutely incredible. And there's so much stuff today where it's just CGI everywhere. And to be able to see what people were doing back then. Oh, Without the computers and all that stuff, it's it's amazing. I think it's funny here. Like one of the, one of the scenes that I was really impressed by is they had because oftentimes people hide stuff with with darkness, but obviously with submarines, sometimes there's going to be scenes that are dark because they're like surfacing 
at night and all that. And there's a scene where I was, I, I was watching it and I was like, ah, oh, it's like so dark. Like, what do they even think we're going to get out of this? And all of a sudden at the top of the horizon, up pops the submarine and you like perfectly see it's like nice silhouette as it comes out of the water and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's a really beautiful scene for like something that's so dark and all done with just like miniatures in like a pool. Like they made something that looked like really kind of striking and beautiful as a submarine. This stupid little miniature they made kind of pops up and <laughs> gives you the sense of, you know, what it would look like with a submarine coming up out of the ocean. It was, it was kind of crazy. I, stupid I feel the same way about miniature. Jaws. It's great. <laughs> All right, I think, Zach, you said you were third, right? Yes, I am third. So, uh, all right, I'll just, just jump right into it. We got, com- I mean, it's a communist movie, Cold War stuff, submarines, atomic bombs, kind of like all the key ingredients to a pretty damn good movie. And then you slap some submarines in there and some torpedoes that, you know, we didn't really pay off, but hey, you kind of hoped and you kind you know, so did I walk away a little disappointed? Yes. I did. Was it better than I expected? Absolutely. It was. Um, would I ever recommend it to, for someone to watch? Yeah, sure. You know, if you listen to this podcast, watch it. Absolutely. Anyone else? Probably no. Um, 6.8. Wow. Oh, and I did speak score. to, um, I did get a, a, a carrier pigeon did drop me a letter off from Alex who is stationed in an, uh, we can't say, but uh, Alex did say he has saw that he's seen this movie and uh, he's very, he much enjoyed this movie and he wants to give it a 15. Wow. All right. Okay. I'll get right on that. You have to confirm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys, I mean, you, you said everything really there is to say here. Uh, only thing I guess uh, it, it uh, with the land, the, there's some land operations there that reminded me a little bit of Destination Tokyo, I think it was, where they they uh, had a little bit of action at uh, at sea and then at land, uh, and they uh, were, I think they were like jamming like Tokyo Rose or something or whatnot in that one. I'd have to go back and watch it, but uh, this that's what this one reminded me of. Although uh, I really like Destination Tokyo, this one, like you guys mentioned, the the visuals were really impressive. Like if if I would have jumped in. Like, if this would have been, like, my first old classic submarine film we watched, uh, I would have probably got really tripped up by, like, man, like, the the, the miniature work. I, I don't know if I would have pieced together. Like, they, they would have fooled me, probably. Like, the miniature work looked really good. Like you said, they had archival footage of the... Uh, the the explosion there again i don't know if that was like the bikini atoll bombs or something like that but like they they really pulled together a lot of visuals here and like this i this really would have probably been a treat back in the day if you were a a war movie buff and uh really disguised the the age of the film with uh, the production quality i would have not guessed this was 1950 what was it four yeah yeah it's crazy they really disguised the age. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, you talked me up a little bit. I was thinking about a six point five, but yeah, you're right. The visuals were really spot on. I'm gonna come in at a seven on this as well. That's Kyle. There we go. Solid overall showing. I mean, we're pretty consistent on that, which is. Uh, it's kind of like Pretty the wild. last one. I'm not, I'm not a huge Richard Widmark fan. I've seen him now in two movies. Yeah. I think he played a good villain, and it was tough watching him kind of in 
trying to be the good guy here, but still a little swarmy and yeah, know, some uncomfortable situations with the female to, yeah. character. Here. I tried not to be well, and also I will say she she's she's not great as an actress, and I think that that it was tough. Um, she she did her best, I guess, but like she was pretty, you know, she's an amateur, and there's some trivia about her in particular, but like. Widmark, I just feel like I didn't want to be insulting, but I almost feel like he's like the guy you get if you want someone who's like someone right. else. Like you don't. He definitely he didn't feel like a first choice kind of guy, right? But I think he was. I mean, he worked with with Fuller before, so I think there was. And then he's got like a very sure. impressive like background and resume, and like kind of I, all seems like an all around stand up guy. Where some of the people involved, he, in he the started strong. Were not. Actually, the the movie like he commanded the the first few scenes when there's like the espionage element and whatnot. Like I actually really liked him in that. Yeah, as kind of like he kind of had that like CD like CIA element. But Kyle, and, Kyle had it right. He just started to play it as pissed off all the time. Like everything it didn't matter what he yeah. was what he who was talking to him or saying to him. It was right. always just like I'm mm-hmm. I'm the captain. I'm pissed off. Yeah, and like it yep. just started to get a little cartoony well, from that point. One of trick pony. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, I mean, from what we've seen, right? There's got to be other movies with him because he does have an impressive resume. Well, he was in all kinds been of nominated stuff. for an Oscar. Yeah, 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 you know, so his very first film he was nominated. Yeah, Kiss of Death. Yeah. Which is a fame? It's famous, yeah. Famous movie. Um, all right, do we have a love it or love it or hate it? Yes, we do. Yes, I love it. No, I hate it. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear the hate. After. Well, I would. I will say this. Um, I'm going to preface it with not 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 too many reviews hmm. in the um, internet corridors. You know, not 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 too many reviews out there. I had to dive deep, but um, I was able to find some on Rotten Tomatoes. If you've ever heard of it, have you ever used but, uh, Letterboxd? By the way, Letterboxd? No, mm, no. That's a, some somewhere to look. I think I'm going to look it up right now. See if they have any reviews. But that's another review site with uh, with user reviews and stuff like that. So I wonder if there's shout out to our friends letter letterbox D. I think so. Yeah. Is that what I'm looking at here? I think so. Yeah. Let's let's just jump right into it. Right, there it is. Hell and high water. Let's just jump right into it. Boom. We got reviews, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie <laughs> proving his worth. Holy shit. Um, I'm sorry. The only, only, the only one star review though I see is in a completely different um, language. So oh, I got that. that one, I'm yeah. just joking. Google um, Translate, man. Google, Get on ooh, that. Ooh. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Let's look at these uh, sort by this website's a little awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is good podcasting. This is while great he's, podcasting. While he's doing this, but, I was uh, kind of surprised at like the <laughs> level of the main review on IMDb, right? This is right around a six. You think that's high or low? I think it's I think that's low for this movie. That is probably, well, I don't know, because things, older ones are always a little lower, I think. Patrick Patrick is more the authority on, on the ratings and stuff like that. He's done a lot of a lot of calculations and research into that kind of stuff, so he'd be able to tell better whether that's true. Sure. Right, we're jumping back to the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Do it. Um, for Love It, this comes from Fernando Croce. Uh, this is actually a top critic from Slant Magazine. Uh, it's just a little snippet 
from his review, but uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it was hell and high water more than holds its own in such other all businesses, 50s naval flicks as The Enemy Below and Run Silent, Run Deep. He loved it. I mean, listen to those two other movies yeah. I just named. Those are incredible. Also. Yeah, Run Silent, Run Deep, one of our favorites. So. He threw out some big bangers. Now, for hate it, we've got oh, and that um that uh, Fernando review was from two thousand seven. That was two thousand seven. You're a graduated high school. Doxing yourself here, huh? I am a little bit. Jumping to hate it. This is Francois Truffaut from France. Um, two thousand twenty two. Fuller's direction is merely adequate. Color has been used in an amusing way, but without taste. Richard Widmark is boring. No. Victor Franson, with his feverish chin, parodies himself. Aided it. <laughs> feverish chin. I know. He, said, he said he hated it. Yeah. Wow. It's right in the name. That well, is, no, yeah. that's that was me saying it. Oh, oh. I see. Because he hated it because it's a hate, you know. Yeah, no, that's weird. Gotcha. That would have been crazy yeah. if he was just like, I hate Use the word hate. <laughs> hate it or love it? During I our hate it. it or love it. <laughs> Maybe that's what this segment turns into, are actual reviews where people have to say they either love it or hate it. <laughs> Good luck. That'll be, that'll be um, much harder. I'll just start writing my own reviews. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> At that point. All right. That's yeah. it. Should I do some trivia? Absolutely. I got all kinds of stuff. There was a really, I mean, I think probably the most interesting trivia about this has to do with the, uh, the main actress. Uh, so she was played by uh, Bella Darby. Uh, Bella Darby was actually the mistress of one of the producers, uh, Daryl F. Zanuck. So he like discovered her in Europe where he found most of his mistresses. He has kind of a seedy background. In fact, he was named when all the Me Too stuff was happening. As kind of one of the originators of a lot of the casting couch kind of bad behavior in Hollywood, uh, really seedy stuff. And so, like, basically terrible person, seemed like. Um, but anyways, he discovered her. She was a teenager or whatever. Uh, different time, Jamie, different brought, time. Brought her over to America where they like, she lived with her, his family, like lived in the same room. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> lived in the same room as the his daughter and stuff like that. Anyways, he did this with all his mistresses where he tried to get them into movies. And so he basically made this movie and put her into it. Um, and the main, and Whitmore basically, or Widmark was like, uh, sorry, not Whitmore. Uh, Widmark was like, I'm not going to help this person. Like, so like the story was that he was, that Xana came along and was like, you have to like help her be an actress. And he was like, that's not my job and I'm not going to do that. Um, and didn't really like her, thought she was not very good. And, um, wasn't going to help her. And then they convinced one of the guys, I think it was the guy who played Ski Brodsky or one of the other um, submarine people to do it instead. And so that actor kind of stepped in and like helped her with her lines and made sure that she was, you know, okay to be in the movie and it wasn't going to be like um, crazy, you know, bad for her or whatever. But then she had kind of a crazy life after that. Like she was in a series of mistresses. So at a certain point, Zanuck uh, uh, dropped her as his mistress and she lived in Monte Carlo. She was still doing some movies here and there and some TV, uh, especially French movies. But she lived in Monte Carlo. She had a terrible um, gambling problem. 
And so she basically gambled all her money away. So she'd earn money in a movie and then she'd gamble it all away. And she just was kind of a person who lived in Monte Carlo all the time. And eventually she died at like age of 50 or whatever. Um, and yeah, so it sounded like she had a pretty rough, rough go of it. Um, probably originating from the fact that her entire life was like basically being a mistress for like a terrible studio head. So that was a, it's like a really interesting story, kind of a sad one. And Xanax's whole story is is really kind of like sad and seedy. So if you want something, hear something uh, interesting, then you can kind of read more into that one. Um, the director spent several days upon, uh, aboard a U.S. Uh, Navy submarine. Um, he did 15 hours submerged. Uh, he added a bunch of sequences as a result to the screenplay. He was promised actually by Xanax that he could write whatever he wanted uh, into the uh, screenplay, um, you know, for taking the job. And so he added the fingers getting caught in the hatch for the scientist. He added the red lighting um, scenes uh, to the movie, uh, especially for the love scene, the makeout sesh. Uh, he was like, definitely oh, yeah. get that red in there. And then, um, and I think the red, like that, kind of also helped make this look more modern. Yeah, yeah really. To yeah, me, kind of I don't know why stuff, yeah. it just did. And then, uh, and then he had a battle between two submarines. The, the, the whole battle between the two submarines was something he added. So I don't even know what the movie was before that. It seems like it was a really boring movie before he stepped in and did that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the only other thing I, <clears throat> I think I wanted to, I'm just double checking, was the Spielberg thing. And then the fact that the music was done by uh, Alfred Newman, which is the uncle of Randy Newman. Um, and the whole family has got like 100 Academy Awards. Um, and also he did the music for uh, Airport, which me and my brother Patrick just watched. And it wasn't a very good movie, but it was an interesting movie, I guess. Uh, but I was like, whoa, that guy did the music for Airport too? Crazy. Does he, he have any ties to uh, Godzilla at all? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then, yeah, just do a little uh, Phantom Zoom. Engage the Phantom. And this one's not too hard, obviously. Richard Widmark is in Bedford Incident. We can quick, very quickly get over to um, that. Um, and it actually would be really much easier if they'd actually gone through with the remake they were going to do uh, with our boy uh, Ed Harris. He was obviously going to be playing um, Adam Jones. But do you know why it ended up falling through? No, I didn't hear why about that? that. Yeah, so he actually wanted to do it more like, you know that movie Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler? Yeah. Yeah, so he wanted to do it where he was also playing Professor um, Denise Gerard, right? And oh. that it would be basically, but then they couldn't figure out, like, he basically, they couldn't figure out the, the co computer graphics necessary to have him make out with himself, like hard in the red light. Mm. And so he yeah. was going to, he needed to get, they needed to get James Cameron in, but James Cameron basically said, like, I'm busy with Avatar. Ever heard of it? And yeah. that's how Ed Harris ended up in Avatar. That's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Can you, yeah, that's can you imagine that? If that was the twist at the end, <laughs> much like Return to Savage Beach, they pull the face off and it's two Richard Whitmore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh why goodness. was he making out with himself? <laughs> he was trying to sell it. Why did the professor let the other one live? He was committed. And he finds out it's a clone, man. <laughs> Wow. That would be something. <laughs> Can you imagine pull off the mask? Captain Jones, just, it's your clone. And just zoom out and show alien like a UFO. Just goes from being like a very solemn, just classic submarine film, just some bizarro, surrealist 
dumb bullshit. That's dude. They do that. Ten. This is a foot long. Ten out man. of ten. This is twelve. Out of this 10. is on par with Das Boot. They do that, right? Wow. Sounds like wow. career suicide. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Okay. Sorry, Jamie. Do you have anything else? You just got me all excited. Uh, well, I, I mean, don't like, think Return so. to Savage Beach has me excited about the possibility of anybody at any point ripping off their face. Kyle's going to go to another so. four-hour fanfic writing fest tonight. Get oh, I haven't done that in a while. Get the creative, uh, creative juices flowing to my fingertips, man. It is impressive how quick you can turn that stuff out. When it just starts, you Mr. Colin, I don't know. There's some there's something going on. No, is there is there still a strike? Should I cross the Oh, that's line? true. <laughs> Every show ends with, with that. It's got a new Mission Impossible movie coming out that's all about ripping masks off. Dude. You can get on the Mission Impossible eight. Gosh. I think I maybe only seen two of them. It's a mistake. Really, Kyle? I would have expected you to say most of them. I know. I need to watch more of them. You do. I, uh, you really do. Like one of my top regrets in life, right? <laughs> yeah. Is not seeing um, Top Gun and IMAX, mm. the new one, Maverick, Oof. right? I didn't yeah. see that in IMAX. And so when I went and saw, I don't know, I've seen something else in IMAX. Because it's like, man, John, I should have John Wick, John Wick 4. And I saw a commercial, or the, sorry, it's not a commercial. I saw the trailer for uh, Mission Impossible and like the stunt where he just drives some motorcycle off a mountain and parachutes down. And I thought to myself, my God, I need to see that. But I haven't seen the other one, so I don't think I can just like. No, they're very episodic. They're very episodic. You can just jump in and watch it. It's like watching a Fast and Furious movie. Well, except oh, okay. Mission Impossible is good. Sure. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Were there any subs in Mission Impossible? No. Yeah, in the new one, in this new one coming out. Is there really? Yes. You haven't seen, oh have you not seen the trailer God. for this? The trailer, there's definitely a submarine in this. He's got a whole thing. He goes through a torpedo tube. I haven't watched the trailer yet. I, I, like, I am a big Mission Impossible fan. He swims out of a torpedo So tube. I'm trying not to have anything spoiled, but you just ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I would have been I would have been exploding out of my As seat. Justin Bieber would say, "Sorry, hey, where's my Tim Hortons? Hey, oh my Sorry. god, that doesn't cut there it, Jamie. Doesn't what, you asked? You asked if there was submarines in it, and I just all I said was yes. You said it before I asked. No, Kyle asked. I said it after Kyle asked. Oh my semantics. <laughs> I think. I can't remember. I'll have to listen back to this episode Nobody a few knows. times Son and then we'll figure it out. Bitch. I don't care. Nobody I don't even knows. believe in spoilers. I'll spoil everything for you. You name a movie, I'll spoil Jamie it. Jamie does not. Jamie does not believe in spoilers. I don't. My brain. This, like, someone tells me, me a spoiler, my brain looks at it and then it rejects it. And that's the end of that. I don't even remember <laughs> it. Then I'm watching the movie. I'm like, did someone talk to it? It seems a little familiar. Whatever. I just enjoy it. It's like I'm like a dog. Just like things in front of my face. I'm like, that's cool. Sounds good. <laughs> That's what he is, man. Sprinkles, basically. So, name a movie. Name a movie, and I'll spoil it. Um. Uh. Wizard of Oz, uh, all a dream. 
Stream. <laughs> Salt doesn't mean anything. All symbolic. There will be blood. He drank that milkshake. Or no, it, yeah, he doesn't. He, he killed someone at the end or something. <laughs> okay. I'm All right. Watch it it's now. time. It's it's sub 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 world world wide wide. Okay, for Subs Worldwide, our crew was in the I-203 Japanese submarine salvaged from the Japanese Navy. Ironically, this is not a I-203 class submarine. It is an I-201 class submarine from the Japanese Navy. This one actually has a little interesting history. I don't know why they specifically chose the I-203. Whatever. Um, it's got a length of 259 feet, two inches, a beam of 19 feet, a diesel electric of 2,750 horsepower. Oh, I thought horses. Did I say diesel? Diesels. Uh, and then it has a 5,000 horsepower electric motor. Can cruise along at 15.8 knots while surfaced and 19 knots while submerged. Usually that's different than what we see. Most of the time, the older ones do much better on the surface. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It has a range surfaced of 5,800 nautical miles while submerged 135 nautical miles. Um, it was the Japanese Navy's at this time, uh, 1944, um, deepest diving submarine going down to 360 feet, held 300, or not 300, held 31 crew members. Had four 21-inch torpedo tubes, two 25-millimeter anti-aircraft guns. Uh, this was a little interesting to me. It was first commissioned May 29th, 1945. It was surrendered uh, less than four months later, September 2nd, 1945. And then while it was being towed to the U.S., it did sustain some damage while in transport uh, due to a typhoon and had to be repaired. I believe it was eventually towed to the U.S. Um, but ultimately, its fate, it was sunk as a target not even a year after the U.S. got it. And that was because Soviet-U.S. relations were quickly deteriorating and the United States didn't want the Soviets to come after them saying, hey, we want that submarine. So they just sunk it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me, right? You're just like, ah, whatever. Get rid of it. And we've never done this one before on the podcast. What did you say? The submarine? This particular submarine. I don't think so. <laughs> It'd be funny if you did. <laughs> yeah, just like cycling. This, like this is the fourth time he's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Have we ever I done, to, ever uh, done the Los Angeles class? Should we just redo that one? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have. Oh, yeah, of course. Come on. Come on. I need yeah, to go back and uh, re-listen, I guess, and uh, make sure that I, yeah, I used to listen keep to a every list of everything one. that I'd done. Got to listen Everyone. to the, the, every episode. It's kind of yeah. like how I was listening to, I was telling you guys where I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and I was listening to every episode that was kind of in the back catalog that was listed as like unplayed. And one of them, someone said, men says, the, says below, uh, talking about the submarine movie below. And they say, Oh, it's in this new movie below. And another, one of the hosts was like starring, starring Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And I was like, Oh shit. 
that's my bit. But I looked and it was like from 2007 or something. It's like, oh, oh. shit. It's like a really old podcast. Yeah, they've been doing it for almost 20 years, I think. What Is about? it still running? It's still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like really, wow. well, it's like their primary job. It's Listeners, we get if you're out there, it. if you're out there and you've found a podcast where they talk about Ed Harris's dick every episode of the podcast, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we want to oh, know. We didn't even mention the greasiness. We didn't even mention oh, the greasy. Word. You're right. We didn't even mention You're the right. scene where they were greasing up because they got they, so basically they blew up the they blew up all the gas things and there was fire everywhere and so they were kind of burned and they were getting like stuff to rub on themselves to help with like the burns and one of the guys was like lathering on. He was so greasy. Was basically, that was Ed Harris. Never mind. That's my Ed Harris joke. That was Ed Harris. That's my Ed Harris. Joke. Remember, he's even got so much grease on him. <laughs> he's like, this isn't going to make my tattoos come off, is it? And the truth was that it, it did. It actually turned, took most of his skin off, and he became Ed Harris. And then he slipped and slid around all through the vents. Oh, I can't believe I missed this joke, guys. Start this podcast over. That's, that's, that's yeah. The yeah, we'll just reset it. <laughs> that's outrageous. Outrageous. Brom, you ready? Hit me with it. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. All right, guys. So I'm, I'm going to keep it concise tonight. Got a short one for you. You know, we watched a film tonight. Uh, I mean, they embarked on a on a very difficult mission. Um, I mean, it 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 put them to the test. It was so difficult. I mean, would you guys say that this mission was uh, was it impossible? I'd say it's improbable. More, more improbable. improbable than impossible. I would say. <laughs> So I was mission making sure you guys mission improbable. No, it was it was an impossible impossible mission. You could say this was maybe the prequel to the hit television show that would ultimately become a incredible movie series starring Tom Cruise. One of my favorites, one of my favorite spy and espionage films. And to celebrate the seventh film coming out this week. I'm here to give you my fun facts about Mission Impossible. And you guys have probably heard a lot of fun facts about them. So I got, I got a couple deep cuts in here and some self-sourced stuff here as the fan that I am. But we're going to keep it short. I just got four of them for you. All right. So humor me here as we dive into some Mission Impossible fun facts. Number one, let's act, we'll, we'll count down. Number four. I'm starting with a bang here, guys. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> We're talking the first film. Features. Z- Get this, guys. Get this. Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character. Yep. Never fired a gun. And then really? that one, that Zero gunfights in Mission Impossible. Is your mind just blown right now? I love that. St- I love that though because look, thinking back on that movie, yeah, I mean, there's like no gunfight. It's just all getting into the building, you know, the cut cable coming down, the elevator scene, all that cool shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as to this, it's totally movie. crushed by that elevator. Spoiler alert, Jamie. I've I've told you, I will spoil anything. That mission, <laughs> guess what? Not impossible because he does. John Boyd, <laughs> the bad guy, the whole time. Who would have thunk it? Didn't somebody get like stabbed in a fence or were they shot in a fence? 
shot in a in fence. a fence like you're inside of the fence <laughs> yeah like, what you mean somebody's like near a fence and they're like what's going like on shed? they turn around they're all bloody are you thinking of a Not shed a- kyle I don't think I'm thinking of a shed. It wasn't a shed. It was an elevator shaft. Yeah, elevator shaft. No, I know that. What's in the movie? But what are you talking about a shed? You're the one that brought up a shed. Nobody's talking about a shed. I know. (laughs) I was trying to flip it on Kyle. (laughs) Don't you gaslight me, man. I know these terms. (laughs) All right. Number three. Tom Cruise, you guys hear all these facts about Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. He learned how to hold his breath for five minutes. Did you know this one? He actually climbed the Burj Khalifa, the tallest man-made structure in the world, without a stunt double in Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Is is that one of the ones you saw, Kyle? That one's awesome. Ghost Protocol is like the best one. There's only one bad one. Does anyone want to guess which one I think is bad? Two. I think, yeah, probably you're thinking two, no? I like two. three a lot. Yeah, two two yeah. sucks. Yeah, two's I think universally kind of the um, worst one. Guess what? Ghost Protocol though. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm dropping the spoiler. Are you ready for uh, this, guys? Yeah. No ghosts. Everyone's <laughs> alive. There's not a single well, ghost in the entire zero thing. Not a, not a ghost. That's that's the protocol. The protocol is that there's no ghosts. That's the spoiler. It's the M Night Shyamalan twist. Speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, until Christopher McQuarrie returned to direct the sixth and seventh films after directing the fifth, each installment had a different director. Can you name any of the four other directors? Um, one's going to be De Palma. Yes, one's that was number one. going to be Wu. John Wu was number two. Um, I don't know who did three. It's a big one. Abrams? One of the biggest. Yes, J.J. Abrams. Um, wow, I just rattled up number three. Four. Like, like three a, was like freaking good, dude. Boss. Three, three right. had Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. Oh, my God. Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of the best villains yes. of all time. Yes. Yes. Really? You guys are getting me like so hyped about Mission Impossible. Like Kyle, it's this is you like need you need them. the 4K collection. Like I can't believe you. <laughs> you this is a big, it. this is a big Kyle it. series, if, especially yeah. with how much he likes Fast John Wick. Who oh, and John who did, Wick. Yeah. Who did four? Number four. I don't actually don't know this guy. Brad Bird. Ah, Brad Bird. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait. He's the, he's like the animation Brad guy. Brad Bird who did the Iron Giant. Yeah, he's, the, he's the animation guy. Right. I remember. Yeah. I do remember that now. That's weird to me. Yeah. I guess that's, what? I mean, that's like Ghost good Protocol. for him, that's a right? Good one. That's I'm dropping another spoily. You guys ready for this? All right. Yes. Brad Bird, human being, not a bird. Whoa. Not he's not a bird. Hell. Not a bird. Human being. I'm sad telling you, Mission Impossible 4, not directed by a bird. I read that and I assumed that, oh, it was a, it was a bird that directed it. I'm like, that's kind of cool. That's a fun fact. Huh. My bad, guys. I, I, that was less fun than I thought it was going to be. Finally, fun fact number one. This one's, this one's special. This one's uh, near and dear to my heart. Soundtrack of my life right here. Composer Hans Zimmer Woo! was searching for a harder more rap-oriented sound for the second Mission Impossible film. He tapped Korn, who turned down the opportunity due to being an, to having an overbooked schedule. They recommended get with Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit, who got the job and gifted us Take a Look Around, which was their first single over in Europe. It exploded over there. Limp Biscuit's Take a Look Around. I'm crafting my spoilie right now. Guess what? Korn, not even busy. Not busy. They weren't time. busy. They weren't oh busy. It was an excuse. They just didn't want to do it. That was the thing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, what, 
What a hilarious! I thought it was song. gonna be something with them not being made of corn, but I mean, dude, you no, actually, just I, totally... I was gonna do that, but then I was like getting a little repetitive. I gotta spice this one up. Yeah, there you go, spicy spoily. I like this. Rob had a pretty good smile on his face when he's <laughs> talking about Limp Biscuit over in Europe. Yeah, I don't know why that makes him happy for some Take reason. Look around. That was so. That was in number two. That was number two. Yeah, they also had Metallica on that soundtrack. That was a terrible movie. It's just the problem, the real problem <laughs> with the second one is Tom Cruise has long hair. No bueno. Don't yep, want that. Has long, way too much slow motion. Way too much slow motion, super There's like 30 long hair. slow motion scenes. Now with Nick the, Cage. Co- comboed with the long hair, just like floating long hair in slow motion, just really exaggerated it. Yeah. John Woo has done a bunch of great stuff. Nick Cage never looked better under John Woo's direction. But that one uh, didn't work for me. I agree. All right, that is it. That is my Mission Impossible fun facts for the evening. Beautiful. Go check it out. I'll be in the theaters. You can catch me there for Mission Impossible Dead Protocol. Is it Dead? Well, not, not no, Dead Protocol. Dead Reckoning. <laughs> we don't even know. We don't even know. Dead Reckoning. <laughs> dead Reckoning Part, part One. one. Dead My protocol. favorite movies. I don't know what I, they what are. I, what, I like, what I really like about that title is that normally... I was actively not looking at... I didn't want to watch trailers. He wasn't even looking just, at the title. He didn't even look at the title. Didn't even look at the title. Yeah. But it. Uh, what I like about that title is that Mission Impossible always has a colon, right? So Mission colon Impossible. And so then right. to get into Dead Reckoning, they have to do... I forget what... Did they just not do anything? I can't remember if it's just a space into Dead Reckoning. But then to do part one... I think there's an M dash. Yeah, or something. Oh, M dash. There's a dash. There's a dash. It's Mission, colon, impossible. Then they're like, ah, oh, shit. We got another colon to do. Okay, dash. Perfect. Dead Reckoning. And they're like, ah, oh, shit. Now it's part one. And they're like, comma, part one. I'm like, I've never even... What? Who does, <laughs> who does a comma? They, just, they couldn't... They didn't want to repeat the other punctuation. And now there's three punctuation marks. Yeah, what's the, what's the tall vertical line they could have <laughs> exactly. done that or something? <laughs> oh, man. You know what I f- totally forgot to mention? Sorry, before we get into Zach facts. Ah! You, uh, ah, I know, I know. Um, just going, going back to the movie we just watched. The end of it, right? Where Richard Widmark is hugging Denise and he like, you know, he looks really sad. Yeah. You think he did that because he real he was sad because he realized he's not getting paid? Yeah, probably. But uh, he is so do you know too. what he is getting? Late. Laid. Did people go. have sex back in nineteen fifty four? On occasion, yeah. I was having this conversation yesterday. Do you think there were hand jobs back in 1954? Are you kidding me? There were, it was only hand jobs. I imagine lots. I don't know. Don't, don't remember my grandparents ever talking about them. Kyle, edit this portion of it out. <laughs> the hand job talk? We're editing the hand job conversation out, Jamie? The hand job like conversation? We got a compliment. Because I vote from- we keep them hand jobs, Jackie. From Kyle's dad <laughs> last time. And I feel like we just put that right in the trash can. <laughs> so, Zach Facts. Zach Facts, it's Zach Facts. When you're going down, get some Zach Facts. When you're going down. You guys are great. And I'm coming. Uh, I'm going to do, this time I'm going to do under. Oh, sorry, 
I'm oh, like, yeah, under. Uh, so I'm going to set the over under at two and a half. Oh. Two and a half. Interesting. See, I I'm usually go under. Really? So I'm going to wow. go under because normally I would do under because I always like the idea of like I win, but then if I lose, then I still win. It's just that easy over for me at two and a half. Mm. Is it time? It's time. So. All right, fact number one. Uh, and actually, everybody, it's the only fact. Whoa! It's going under no this week. Yeah, one fact, one fact. Damn. And uh, it's very it's it's very straightforward. Samuel Fuller, you know the director. Uh, he often gets blamed. I don't know if you guys are big history buffs or not, but um, he often gets blamed for the uh, 1954 the the panic, the Christian flood and hell panic of 1954, because he used a church sign um, to premiere this film. Yeah, I don't understand. This is almost like is this another Kyle, Kyle like trapped in a fence or whatever he's in and confused us all. <laughs> he, he gets blamed for the Christian flood and hell panic of 1954 because he used a church sign to premiere this film. A church sign. It's hell and high water. Yeah, a church. What? <laughs> <laughs> like they premiered it at a church with a church sign. He gets blamed for the so people drive by church signs and people always read them even if they don't go to church. They yeah. just yeah. said hell and high water and everyone's like, "Holy shit! It's nineteen fifty four. Let's go get the boat, get a Bible and a cross." You know, <laughs> he's he's blamed for it. So, gotcha. Do you do you get it, Jamie? I got it now. Oh. Okay, so let me explain it to you. So there's a sign right in front of a church. There's a sign in front of a church. And now, yes. now he says, okay, I'm going to premiere a movie. Where should I advertise it? And he looks over at a billboard. He says, no. And he looks over at like a, a movie theater, like poster area. He says, no, no, not that either. No. But then he looks at the sign in front of the church. He says, there we go. That's my guy. And he yes. puts in hell and high water on there. And he's like, perfect. That's all I need to say. I don't have to say anything else. Everyone's going to get it. Everyone's good. And then someone drives by and goes, hell and high water. I was ready for hell from this church, but high water? My God, what are we going to do? So then he runs home. I don't even have a boat. And then he goes out and he does a, there's like a big panic. There's a big rush to the boat store where they're all buying boats. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the panic of 1954, in which case people ran to the boat store. They bought all the boats and then they bankrupt themselves. And that was, he was blamed for it. Got it. And there was going to be like exactly another Noah's Ark scenario. They thought it was going to be a Noah's Ark scenario. Like yeah. none of them wanted to take those animals, so they all got boats that were too small to carry animals. They said specifically, right. "Give me the boats that don't carry animals." And it was but okay. because but because Thank there you, was Jamie. no flood, they did, they went to the drive-through, and then the guy in front of the line was like, "I'm going to start paying it forward." And then he quickly sped behind and got back in line and ordered 55 cheeseburgers, 55 sodas, 55 French fries. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 